think we can actually go right back to the American Revolution. Uh, first of all, 1779, there were uh, some blacks that petitioned the Connecticut legislature saying, uh, taking the ideals of the American Revolution and saying, you know, there's an inconsistency here between liberty and slavery, and we ought to abolish slavery. And, and so, although those were not any towering personalities, uh, they had uh, a number of northeastern states. You had blacks petitioning Congress and, or state legislatures, and uh, slavery was through a movement of a number of people, abolished in many states, and blacks were given the right to vote in many places in New England. Jay, a lot so, of... So every, go ahead. Go ahead. No, continue. I, I would say, so every era has uh, its leaders and its pioneers, depending on what blacks were were facing at a particular time. So I, I would say though, that was the first big movement uh, in, in American history right from the very beginning. Jay Case is with us again, professor of history at Malone University. So, Jay, let's go back. Civil War, slaves are freed, and then they start to get in to the political arena. And so many of us know in present time Barack Obama. We know Thurgood Marshall. But take us back to the previous century and those people who had the courage and strength, one, to petition to get into the political arena and the changes they were able to make. Yeah, that's that's phrased really very well. Um, I, I think that the towering figure here is is Frederick Douglass, uh, because you know, in order to get into the political arena, you have to abolish slavery. And Frederick Douglass was the most eloquent and most forceful voice for blacks, uh, not just in the in the eighteen forties and fifties in pushing for abolition, but then during Civil War which opened up the door for politics in many ways. It was Frederick Douglass who was one of the um, major voices arguing to Abraham Lincoln and to the Republicans that if you want to win this war, you really need to abolish slavery because that will weaken the Confederacy. And then you need to bring blacks into, uh, you need to, to, to bring blacks into the Union Army, that that will also help win this war. And the logic of that then also led to the 13th Amendment to abolish slavery and then the 14th Amendment uh, to, to give people the uh, rights of citizenship and the 15th Amendment that gave blacks uh, the right to vote, uh, people the right to vote regardless of uh, race. And so that voice, Frederick Douglass was the most prominent and eloquent voice throughout that entire period in pushing for that. And so that's why I think very rightly we, we recognize Frederick Douglass as a key figure during this time. I imagine as you move on into that 19th century, you're going to probably talk about the strength of one Shirley Chisholm as well. Strong woman, got her way, way into Congress, was actually the first black woman to run for president of the United States. Right, right. And, uh, you know, Shirley Chisholm and, uh, you know, there's so many yeah. different character or people at this point that are, are really pushing uh, and, and pioneering, as you say, in, in different sort of ways. Um, I think that also you can talk about uh, at the turn of the century in the 20th century when, when race relations actually had dipped to a very, very difficult and low point with uh, the rise of segregation and lynching and so forth. You have W.B. Du Bois, who argued for uh, black political involvement, increased political involvement, and Ida B. Wells, who who argued against uh, lynching, and uh, Murray uh, Bethune, 
uh, Mary McLeod McSoon, all who helped form the uh, NAACP, which had a great number of whites. Actually, most of the founders of the NAACP originally were whites, but there were key black uh, people on that as well to help open up, uh, you know, rights for blacks, but also to to try to organize blacks in the political arena in a, in a number of different ways. With us is Dr. Jay Case, again, professor of history, Malone University. And Jay, we've talked about those personalities and through your readings and teachings, I imagine, and we talked about them, but the, the courage and the strength they had to, one, not only run, right, but once they get into the positions in the political arena, us blacks forging this path for them and for future generations, for them to have their voices heard, to have the strength, because I imagine there was racism going on in these committees and such, and it probably was very difficult, and it didn't end with them just being elected. Well, right, and uh, boy, you can, <laughs> with that issue, when you talk about uh, courage, you can go right back to uh, some of the uh, first blacks right after the Civil War who ran for office in the early days of Reconstruction when politics was opened up for them. I, I think of Robert Smalls, who had gotten a name for himself during the war in when he uh, actually stole a Confederate munitions ship and sailed it out to the Union uh, Navy. But then he became a U.S. congressman for five times, five times he was reelected. For ten years he had served, and he faced he faced violence at that time. And there, his life was in danger. Uh, there were a number of blacks who, at that time, uh, really were, were risking their lives when they came in. And then, and then later, you know, in the twentieth century, uh, you know, sometimes uh, there were. You know, there were threats that were given to blacks personally uh, weren't as violent openly as there were in the in late 19th century and during Reconstruction. But if you read the stories of a lot of these uh, people and, and the personal things that they that they had to face, the amount of determination they face uh, or that they had to, to drum up uh, against the type of opposition and, and the type of uh, racism they felt is, is really, uh, really quite remarkable in a lot of ways. With us again is Dr. Jay Case from Malone University. And Jay, I imagine when you talk about black history in the political arena, a couple of names you cannot leave out. Recent history, you talk about Barack Obama. You have mm-hmm. to talk about Thurgood Marshall and the respect Certainly. and the courage that won John Lewis had as well. Those three names yeah. really have to stand out. I'll let you expand on that. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly right. Uh, Thurgood Marshall, who was so influential in the legal realm, uh, in uh, law and constitutional history, bringing the courts, uh, bringing to the courts Brown versus Board of Education. He was the main force as a lawyer for bringing that court to the Supreme Court, and then of course, became a Supreme Court justice after that. John Lewis, who who got his start, originally his parents told him to stay out of politics. You know, you're just going to get hurt. You're going to, it's going to be bad for you if you get into politics. But he was so inspired by Martin Luther King and got involved in uh, Martin Luther King's efforts and then head of the SNCC. And then, of course, led a very famous march in um, in Alabama from Selma, and uh, at that point, uh, he was 
at the head of the march and crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. And yeah, a law enforcement came out and said, you have to leave. And they did not. And they just waded in. And Lewis was uh, fractured his skull. Uh, his whole skull was fractured from uh, the fighting of the uh, law enforcement people in that situation. Of course, he then went on to become a congressman uh, after, after that. And, you know, of course, Barack Obama, um, quite a pioneer because, uh, you know, to the president of the United States is such a, uh, it's, it's not just a, a position of power, but it is a position of such, uh, I don't know, it's, it's such media attention. It, it's symbolically so important for the United States, as well as the type of, of accomplishments one might have politically or not have. And uh, Barack Obama, certainly a pioneer just in being able to have that position. My, my, uh, my sister-in-law who was black on the morning that Barack Obama won the election, you know, woke her children up and said, we have a president that looks like us. That was so really very, very important to them in just sort of, you know, realizing these ideals of the United States and of America that that, that could you know, the person elected to the highest office in the land could be somebody like that. That's that's very critical. 